So everybody has experienced pain. We all know what it feels like, but the question is, what do you do when you're going through that experience? Whether it be death, whether it be a loss of a job, or whether it be a loss of a child, or just finances in general, we all know what pain feels like. But I wanted to provide an environment where people could grow, where they could be truthful, and where it could be insightful, because not everybody is alike, but the bottom line is is that we all can identify with each other. And so I wanted this place to be a spiritual place, a place filled with love and hope, because even in your darkest times, we all need something to look up to. So stay tuned. Hey guys, what up? It's V from Stay Tuned Podcast, and today I wanted to discuss mental illness. Um, I think that there have been a lot of misconceptions about what exactly mental illness is, what mental health is, and I have some good people in the room to discuss this topic with me. Um, I got my girl Mel in the room with me. She ain't been here in a minute. What up, Mel? Hey, y'all. I got my girl Z with me. What up, girl? Hey, boo, what's up? Got a new special guest. Hey y'all. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> come closer. Come closer. Hey Denise. Hey y'all. <laughs> How you doing? You got to talk into the mic. Exactly. All right. So you guys, we're gonna go ahead and tap into it. Let's get it. All right. So first things first. What exactly is mental illness? I think that's my forte. Yes. If yeah. we want to say so. Um, well, mental illness is a, a vast array of mental conditions, mm-hmm. which is really rooted basically in how we think, our behaviors, and our moods. Okay. So if we want to look at it from a clinical psychology point, we're talking about what is it that you're thinking about? Mm-hmm. What are you allowing yourself to stay in, in regards to negative emotions? Okay. How are you acting? Mm-hmm. What caused you? To act this way okay. so that's huge on behaviors so there's a lot of factors which contribute to this so we have our biological factors mm-hmm. so biological factors we're talking nature right this is something which is in you innate you were born with it okay. we have your genes which are getting from your parents right and then you have a big one which is brain chemistry Okay, so it's biological, it's genes, mm-hmm. genetics, and then you said the last one was, or the first one was? Brain chemistry. Brain chemistry. So it's all related to really, it all taps back to the brain and your makeup. Exactly. Uh, There was a point in my life where I went through depression. Mm -hmm. And in trying to figure this thing out, I tried all different kind of medications. They didn't work. Uh, Went far as going to therapy. That wasn't enough. And eventually I met a woman. She's a psychologist slash spiritual counselor. And what ended up happening in and asking me the right questions and then going deep into prayer because I'm a woman of faith. Mm -hmm. I was told that I had a chemical issue. Mm. So it had nothing to do with the way I was thinking. It was no external factors. It's what was happening on the inside of my body. So what, how did you get to that point where you ended up going to the counselor? Like what was going on with you? Well, what really contributed to it Mm -hmm. back in 2006, my son was diagnosed with autism. Okay. Okay. So it's an only child. You're 22 years old. A doctor just lays this information in your lap, hands you a pamphlet, and says, enjoy the rest of your life. So when I got this diagnosis, I didn't know what was going on. The only thing I knew about autism was the movie Rain Man. So here I am. I'm in my mind. Maybe I caused it. Maybe my husband Ruben caused it. Maybe it's a biological thing. So you're going through your mind, and you're starting to think. And then all of a sudden, I started to feel the depression. So I remember not being able to get up to go to work or I would sleep 12 hours. I'd wake up 
and I was still tired. Mm-hmm. And my husband was like, what in the world is going on with you? Right. So that's what happened. I started to get very tired. I started to isolate myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to be around people. I didn't want to talk. I didn't want to text. I didn't want to hang out with friends. Um, Your and behavior then, changed. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And in that time, I was eating my emotions. Mm-hmm. So I went from being 168 pounds to 220. Wow. Okay. okay. Wow. So I'm stuffing my face with cheeseburgers and then I'm doing it on the low, mind you. Oh, okay. Cause my husband's like, something's going on here. What is it? Talk Are to you me. shame eating. And I'm eating <laughs> Mickey D's after my classes at the community college. And I'm just stuffing my face, mm-hmm. eating my emotions. So when we talk about mental health, um, by the numbers, the national Alliance of mental illness is they're saying that one in five adults in the U S actually 43.8 million or 18.5% experience mental illness given each year. That's crazy. It is. Hmm. Wow. So when you talk about all the different kinds of mental illness, we're talking about schizophrenia, we're talking about bipolar disorder, we're talking about major depressive depressive disorder. Um, anxiety disorder is actually a mental illness, and I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know we just talked about it before we started recording, but I didn't know that it was a mental illness. Um, obsessive compulsive disorder and specific phobias, stress disorder. Post-traumatic stress disorder is a mental illness. Didn't know that. Um, and people among 20.2 million adults in the U.S. who experience a substance abuse use disorder, it all was because of a reoccurring mental illness. Do you believe, okay, because I'm trying not to sound rude. I'm just speaking for those people who don't go to the doctor, who feels like all of these phobia and symptoms are made up for people who are being weak or lazy. So do you feel like a lot of the mental health is because of our environment now, how we're using computers and making things a lot easier so um sometimes people are stressed by stuff that wouldn't have stressed you like in the 70s or in the 60s -hmm. i think time has really changed we're living in a different day and age you know with the things which our parents were consumed about let's say back in the 50s and 60s it's totally different for us now Mm -hmm. true we're called to do so many things we got responsibilities we have obligations and if you want to kind of throw that in there as women we're called to do even more and as women so you feel like we have more to do i Absolutely. believe because so. you know their generation feels like we have less to do things are easier more accessible i would um, yeah. yeah i would say that with technology you would think that now our generation is has it easier than than our parents in the 50s and 60s because i mean we're talking we don't have to farm we don't have to go out and get out we we don't even have the family sizes that they had mm-hmm. in the 50s and 60s much less less education and things like that um so just to to counter your point it i it, it just all depends on, I guess, your environment. Yeah, I always pose that question because I know there's a lot of people who say, like my mom used to tell me, um, people are like plants, so you need to get out. You need to get sun. You need to make sure you're eating right. A lot of that will attribute to your health. So you have people now who are gamers. They literally go out in the sun at all. Most people are not eating the way they're supposed to be eating healthily, you know. And then a lot of things in life, we are making it a lot easier for them on top of things that will happen to us will happen in private. But things happening to, like, our children, that's in public. Like, let's say you wore something awful to school. There was no camera phones. Right. No one was going to tell your mom. Right. It, it just wasn't going to be figured out. But now that you have social media and you have um, Facebook and all these things, your one embarrassing moment that would have went away. Could go viral. And now it's there forever. <laughs> I think right. we have, we definitely have more responsibility, more things to do, more things to get into than what we had before. Mm. When I say that before, being like our parents' generation. Yes, we were farmers, but women weren't working. Our main and sole purpose at that time frame was just to have babies and to cook and provide mm. at, at, within the household. But that, that was, was the work. We didn't have jobs. 
That was the job, though. That was the job. I'm just saying, you didn't have to leave. Having eight kids, my grandmother had 12 kids, oh, actually. Eight kids, 12 kids, but your grandmother, she just had to stay at home with those 12 but, kids. And that's enough. Working at Blue Cross and Blue Shield, then coming had, home. I'm not saying it's a light Yeah, I only had one. I can't imagine having 12. Yeah. You know what I, I mean? I'm trying to work through one. I right. just... I just think it's different. Yeah, I, yeah. I agree completely with mm-hmm. what Mel is saying. Mm-hmm. I just mean, we live in a day and age. First of all, something might attack you mentally because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. Right. Then you're trying to get an education. Yes. Then you're trying to get the best job. Correct. Then you're on social media. You're trying to keep up with people. You're trying to portray a life, which I is sometimes not reality. I think things were simpler at that time. Right. But so those are social pressures. Right. So I'm it, not saying that mental illness wasn't an issue then because they definitely had mental illness. It definitely illness was. Yeah. You can't tell me that people weren't, yeah. you weren't seeing people get it wasn't killed and tortured. Right. This is the point I'm trying yes. to bring up. As we're having all these conversations. Mm-hmm. It just, at the time, you just were pushed to the side of something wrong with this Correct. person. So it wasn't acknowledged. We didn't right. give it a name. So now, for those generations, it just seems like we're acting like babies. But in, in their generation, you just didn't acknowledge it. Right. It's like it's just something wrong with that person. But we're going to, she's still going to have babies. He's still going to have children. And they're passing on this genetic. Right, mm-hmm. you know, they're passing on, like you said, is is in our blood, is in our bio, our biology. So you're passing it on, but at the time, and you know, we've all heard this, especially living in a black family. Oh, you don't need to go to counseling. Stigma. We won't see therapy. So stig- yeah, you, what? Yes, it's very much. You want to so go talk to somebody? Stigma, but talk talk to your mom. I feel like it's a stereotype at this point because now it's comical. It's like, oh, it they is. don't go to the doctor. It's crazy. It's really unfortunate. They don't even teach us about that in school. Like, you know, when I was in school, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, I knew people had problems. We had people that were in those special classes. Mm-hmm. But that's all I really knew about mm-hmm. mental illness was if, if it was that far. Mm-hmm. Not mm-hmm. that if it was anxiety, mm-hmm. depression. Mm-hmm. Nobody ever really teaches you that that is a part of, me- very of true. being mentally healthy. Yes. You don't have to be, you don't have to be autistic. To need something correct. You know what I mean? As of 2018, women in England, women are more likely than men to have a common mental health problem and almost twice as likely to be diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. Why do you guys think that is? Women versus men. I think it's social pressures. We have social pressures. People get anxiety about what they wear, how they look. Um, what color their eyes are. I think it's so many more pressures socially on women. You ha- Now everybody is independent. So you have to get your mm-hmm. education. You got to work mm-hmm. all these jobs. You want to be in corporate America. Mm-hmm. You, you know, and then you also have to be in relationships and maintain Lord, your marriage. You got to be children. a victory. You got to be married. And right? it goes back to what I've said. I've said this in a couple of episodes. It mm-hmm. goes back to that study. And I need to look that study up and actually see it on TV. Where women, even as children, we tend to compare Look it up. As opposed to men, Mm -hmm. they tend to compete. That's why there's no anxiety because my job is to be better than you. (laughs) Our job is like, I want to be just like her. Uh I don't want to be better than her. I want to be friends with me and I want to be just alike. Where do we get that from? And it's innate in us and it starts in the playground as a child, just young. And you don't know why. I think... Mm, I'm stuck on that because I think that happens for some people mm-hmm. where they desire to connect with that person that they uh, are choosing to emulate. Uh, that's, that's happened to me very few and far in between where I said, you know what, man, that girl is special. I just got to. I just gotta know her. Like, I think yours is not so to be like somebody else, but to be different from everybody true, else. True. So like it's the same thing. Uh-huh. You're just going in the opposite direction. Okay. Because I'm not. I, I'm not for the competing. I think that we can. There's a room for everybody to come up. You know. It's like, hey, I'm great at this. Well, I'm like, hey, I'm great at this. Or hey, you're great at that. Um, it and I think feel, you shouldn't feel such of a pressure to be like, you know, what I want to be like that person or be better than that person. But, but I want to throw something out there. Mm-hmm. I personally, this is just psychology according to Denise, okay? It's not in the books or anything. What I think as a society is happening, we're too future-oriented. 
Mm-hmm. Because if you're so future oriented, you don't get to live in the present. Mm-hmm. So you steady thinking of what's happening next week, next month, next year. Mm-hmm. You're not going to do anything but worry. Mm-hmm. But when you allow yourself to live in the present, it changes the whole dynamic of things. See, that's so hard to do when you're somebody who's, you know, entrep- like it, it depends on what type of career you're in. You have but, a great point. A lot of people but, who live in a moment are so happy. They are. Like, just they like just, and I'm not talking about moment. goals. We're okay. supposed to have goals. Yeah, okay. you, have you know, goals. Okay. You set a date. You accomplish like, yeah. it. You hit it. Yeah. But I'm saying when people are so future oriented, let's say. God's revealed you're going to have a house, right? Uh-huh. He's already given that vision. Uh-huh. That means it's coming. Okay. Let it flow the way it needs to flow. You instead of every day thinking about how I'm going to get this house. Oh, my credit okay. ain't right. Right. It's okay. that you're right. too future oriented. Mm-hmm. You're allowing fear to now take mm-hmm. in and come right. over your life. And now you're living in anxiety. Exactly. You haven't fed yourself. You haven't fed your dog. You haven't <laughs> done anything else you need to do for you today because you're so worried about something that might happen six months from now. And it may not happen six months from now. You and, know? and that, I think, a lot of what anxiety is, is what she said. It's fear. It's fear of the unknown, fear of not knowing um, how things are going to go. Like, I've planned it to be this way. Mm -hmm. I want a house. Mm -hmm. If something happens in between now and me getting this house, I'm I'm not going to, I'm not sure how I'm going to process that. You know what I mean? Yeah, and the anxiety Mm -hmm. comes too because we keep using that word want. You may want water. I may not have it. (laughs) I have to give you what you need. You know, and a lot of times, you know, we talk about God and definitely people say, God, I want this. Again, you want a lot of things, but he's going to give you what you need. You so know, how important, and they mistake that. This um, made me think of how important is self-care um, when you talk about oh. fear and the anxiety and you talk about controlling because you can't control the outcome and how things are going to work out. Mm-hmm. You have to remember yourself in this. How, how important is self-care? I, I can speak on self-care just from being a single parent um, for so many years. You, you become so accustomed to making sure that everybody else is okay, mm-hmm. that you forget about yourself. And then at some point you get triggered. And this is just for me. Um, I can... I can be doing fine for the year and then all of a sudden around Christmas I just feel overwhelmed like this mm-hmm. is big, this is too much mm-hmm. and and then you sit around and you're like but what have I done for myself when have I sat down and just said you know I'm just going to think about what I need mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whether that be a walk for 30 minutes where you can just get alone by yourself with your thoughts Mm -hmm. Um, because children can be all consuming Mm -hmm. and then you have trying to get your education or working every day and then don't throw in trying to date. (laughs) Jeez, man. It's, It's just, it's a lot. And if you don't get by yourself, all of that can consume you and send you into a frenzy. Mm-hmm. True. So it's really important for everybody, but for those people specifically that don't ever get that, get that time because their life is so busy. Mm-hmm. Okay. So do you feel like diet, um, exercise, vitamins, things of nature can help to combat some of the mental issues that people are having or mental illness issues that people are having yes but not first first i say deal with your mind and your heart and then you can have the food the food and the health and the nutrition that can be something that comes in as an addition um but first i think that you should if you're feeling um, a certain type of way and you realize that you just can't come out of it by yourself if talking to somebody else doesn't help then I would suggest you speak to a healthcare professional, um, a psychiatrist, a counselor, a psychologist. And then at that point, once they make their proper assessment of what it is that you need, and then you agree to that, then at that point, you can reach out and see if you need a nutritionist or maybe because um, mental illness 
it's just one part of it. But then let's talk about all the other things that get added onto that. You could totally be dealing with something that could be chemical, but like Denise said, she was eating. So she was self-medicating and food was helping her cope, right? We are so good with self-medicating. Correct. So we will self-medicate like nobody's business. Huh. But it's a lot of people walking yeah, around with, with, with eating disorders. I was Starbucks this morning. Right. Listen, but you I can, didn't. You can end up with the eating disorder. Um... I don't, soda could be your vice. Yes. Like caffeine. Caffeine yes. could be your vice. You see Sugar. people like, you remember our old boss used to drink uh, like six or seven shots of espresso and oh, one yeah. cup of coffee. On really? top of the coffee. Yes, yes. ma'am. Yes. It was crazy. But if you notice, she was there from sun up to sundown. Focus on what you need mental, heart wise, and then you can do all the other extra stuff. Working out is great. But guess what? If you didn't take your pill and you going up to the gym acting a plum fool, they're going to put you out. <laughs> so when you're, because my dad used to worry about this on both sides of our family. We have um, mental illness issues. So when it's time for children, um, how do you how do you research that? How would you look into that? Because you wouldn't know, like, I, I wouldn't know if my child was going to be bipolar. Mm -hmm. And how would you see the signs? The statistics are there when they talk about um, how it affects your children. However, if you, if you know that you have mental illness um, cases on both sides of the family, I would suggest that you go talk to a professional about that. I what? suggest you monitor and make sure you Correct. got yourself together first. Correct. That part. Exactly. <laughs> because when we talk about mental illness and you having kids, how many women do we know about that were in the news or it was televised in the news that killed their babies and they shouldn't have been having babies? They drowned mm -hmm. their babies. They drove off cliffs with their babies. Postpartum is real. Babies. Same with postpartum is another part of mental. Mm -hmm. Same with men, though. We don't want to take them out. Oh no, 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 no! But I'm just saying to pay attention, just like Mel said. Mm -hmm. You got to pay attention. Um, but I'll tell you, um, paying attention, right? So as a child, my son was two. I know that a two-year-old is supposed to hit certain milestones, right? So when there's absence of milestones. There's a trigger mm -hmm. that goes off. I'm like, something is going on here. So that pushes me to go to the pediatrician. Testing, evaluation. There you go. And that's the good thing about having a health professional in school too. And sometimes the teachers sort of substitute as mental health professionals, even mm -hmm. though they don't have the credential. Okay. They see the child on a regular basis. They see what's typical. Mm -hmm. They see what's not typical. So a lot of times that information will come to you from a teacher. Okay. Just but playing devil's I was, advocate. Well, I was just going to add to that. So when, you, when we talk about a generational thing, too, back then, when our parents were growing up, they, did, they didn't know what a lot of the mental illnesses were, right? Mm -hmm. So a lot of times they were doing this torture situation, um, um, t having these kids dropped off at these freaking mm -hmm. mental institutions where they weren't doing treatment. They were freaking killing people. The whole dynamic of mental illness and now where you have people who are really in here trying to figure out where the Ill illness comes from and actually trying to provide some type of treatment so that you can have some type of normalcy in your life. It, it, it's, it's different now. Like I could take my child to the doctor with ease versus what it would be like, you know, during their time frame. Because when you, when you dropped them off, you didn't know if they was coming home. That's true. Mm -hmm. Because you know, it was in an... the asylum was a big thing. back Exactly. Then. Cause it was an embarrassment mm -hmm. that goes mm -hmm. back to social stigma. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. So right. let's say you have a child, something is different. They're mm -hmm. not neurotypical. Mm -hmm. You don't want the neighbors knowing. You don't want the folk at church knowing. No, because okay? it was such a bad, there was such a, um, a cloud that was painted over your family, especially mm -hmm. if you had a son and he ended up there. That's your namesake. Because your name was everything back then. Mm -hmm. Lord forbid, they end up, you got to drop them off. Yeah. Okay. They get dropped off and some don't visit. That's it. You just, you just give them up. That's it. Okay. But just playing devil's advocate. Mm -hmm. Now, do you think that we are, what's the word I was looking for? That we're, that doctors are over diagnosing people having mental illnesses. Do you feel like... I'm only I'm only saying going back to what I said before because of some of the ease that they have there are some people who truly have mental illness and then 
some people believe there's people who are just pretending. They're just kind of making up. They're just, they want their life to be a little more easier. How, how would you be able to tell the difference? That's a good question. But I think that's where evaluation and assessment is very important. You know, they follow a DSM. If the symptoms are there, then they diagnose. And at the same time, I don't believe that everything requires medication. Right. That's right. my opinion. True. I don't believe that everything requires information. True. If I want to kind of go way out left field for a minute, I believe too many people are being prescribed things. Because mm-hmm. if we go back to, is it a biological thing? Mm-hmm. If it's biological, your serotonin is low. Depression's going to be there. Anxiety is going to be there. Mm-hmm. Right? You need the pill. Take the pill. We're human beings. Mm-hmm. Sinful nature after the fall. This is coming from my faith. This is where it's coming from. After the fall, this body is going to do anything. Mm -hmm. So if you need to take something to get you to the right level so that you can function on a normal basis, by all means, take it. And I'm making that a PSA because this is personal life experience. Right. I had my issues. I knew there was an issue. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to go seek treatment because why? The stigma. Two, I have a husband who's in ministry. I have to wear this hat and titles, which I don't really care for. Mm-hmm. Everybody's looking at me. I have nobody to talk to about it. I don't want anybody to know. Mm-hmm. Okay? So for a long time, it was like, and, and God bless my husband, but I have to put this out here. Mm-hmm. He was like, oh, you lack faith. Mm-hmm. And that tore up my nerves. Mm-hmm. I had to put my Jesus on the back burner for a second on that. And I, he didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I always knew something was happening, but I couldn't explain it. So when I found out it was a biochemical thing, mm-hmm. it was like the greatest news I've ever mm-hmm. received in my life. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they're going to give you the pills. Mm-hmm. Take the pills. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I also do believe that why you have a second or third opinion. Correct. If you don't like it, because the next person might say, hey, actually, you don't need the pill. You actually just need to go see this psychiatrist. Nutritionist, and then you just go from there because sometimes you know the food is really what you need because it's deficiency, mm-hmm. so it just depends. Yeah, because where I'm going with is like kids in school and how you know they're diagnosing everybody with attention um, deficit disorder, AD, what's that? ADD, and it's like some of them did they really need to be prescribed that? He's yes, three, no. Yes, and I mean, you have to remember that, you know, big farm is an industry. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, let's keep it 100. It's a, it's a lot of people that are being diagnosed with a lot of things that they don't have Correct. just so that they can make money. Push, push the pills. Right. Pills. So it's not just mental health. It's probably quite a few diagnoses that people are walking around taking medication for that could be alternative mm-hmm. medications that they could be taking. Mm-hmm. Um, or, you know, alternative remedies or natural remedies or whatever. It, mm-hmm. it doesn't remedies. always call, call for, um, medicine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what is attention deficit disorder? Okay. And so I know for, there was this huge deal about black kids being labeled as ADD, right? But let's talk about what attention, attention deficit disorder is. Children who can't sit still, they, in, they inhibit a certain behavior. Um, predominantly inactive and result have a great difficulty for getting and staying focused on the task and activity. I've seen ADD. ADD is real. And we know what ADD really looks like. And I think it's levels to it. Just like anything else, there are levels to it. You could be a high or you could be a low. Mm -hmm. Um, Do I think kids are misdiagnosed? Absolutely. Absolutely. However, I don't want to discount the fact that the discipline is going to cure Key. your child's ADD. That's the cure. Yeah, How that's about that? That's the pill. Don't make me come on there to the school. <laughs> no, I, but I do agree. I, that's why I posed the question. Because mm-hmm. this is this is where I'm, what I want to go with it. Okay. Because there's so many cases where it's like we're getting away from getting the help from our community, getting the help from um, a counselor as opposed to just taking them straight to the doctor. I'm going to take you straight to the doctor and we're going to get you on this prescription. No, why don't we see a therapist first? Why don't we see somebody to talk to you? You know, like, why are we going straight here? 
or if we do go straight there and the doctor says it's a mild case, well, let's go to a counselor first. Let's get you some therapy first and see how that works out. And then why aren't we looking at our behavior too? You have a child that has attention deficit disorder. You don't take them outside. You don't go outside. You let them play the video games all day. Um, Nine times out of ten, you're not disciplining them because you didn't like the discipline you had when you were younger. And that is is the differences between our generations. Each generation gets more and more lenient. And they feel like, I don't want to do what was done to me, to my child. But what you don't realize is your parent did the same thing. So when you thought you were so traumatized, she thought she was saving your life. True. You know, and it went that way each generation. Do you feel like the that it's getting extreme now, especially with and do you feel like that contributes to the mental let illness? Me, let me um, answer your one question and then I want yeah. somebody else to answer this question. Yeah. Um, what I want people to understand as individual, every individual in this room has worked in healthcare, And what I want everyone to know, <laughs> you have the right you to take responsibility of what kind of care you get definitely just because a medical doctor tells you that they think that you should do this course of treatment that does not mean that you have to do that i i just want to say because we are dealing with the mental health um there are some things that people just don't know about themselves very true so um don't take this take this as oh well if you don't feel like you need medication don't take it Mm -hmm. well i think what she's saying is just to be aware and that's a lot of what everybody needs is mental health awareness um because not knowing is a lot of the problem it's dangerous it's more dangerous than i feel like than knowing yeah being miseducated right and the pill could be making it worse you understand what i'm saying so be aware of what of of how that pill is making you feel of whatever that treatment that course of treatment is what is the result of that treatment? Uh, I just want to kind of piggyback off of that really quick. You are your biggest advocate. So if you go to the doctor and you're prescribed medication, right? He's looking at it from a bio standpoint. But you know yourself. If you know your thought process isn't where it needs to be, if there are other issues, trauma, abuse, or whatever is triggering this, mm-hmm. that medication alone is not going to work. Correct. There needs to be cognitive behavioral therapy, therapy accompanying the medication therapy. And that's why if that cognitive is there, there comes a point where you're able to come off the medication. Correct. Because you're thinking the right way, right. for lack of a better term. Mm-hmm. So that's why you need to be your biggest advocate. The doctor will not know if you don't tell them. Correct. If you feel you need therapy, speak up and say, I feel I need therapy. Because it's so easy to write a script. And it's in very reference easy to the right ADD, script. you know your child better than anybody. You know if your child was jumping off the walls, you know. But ADD, and I didn't know this until working it now, it's a neurobiochemical yeah. thing. It's not even about, it's a chemical thing. Absolutely. And, 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 and it's what scares me because you have some parents, instead of realizing that, they just have a really active child and it's like, they have ADD. You didn't even take them to the doctor. You're just going to go to the doctor and tell them. You're no, not even going to let the doctor let the do the teacher, test. No, the teacher called home and said, I think your baby has ADD. And the parent took that for what it was. Well, I mean, I think the teacher does have access to what your child acts like during the day That's for all, for all you, of yeah, those hours. The teacher doesn't have access to what's happened to the child at home. Correct. True, true indeed, but but ADD, ADD is not all the it's not all the time um, a bad behavior. Sometimes these children really cannot focus. They really can't. It's not about you not sitting still at home, but if they can't focus and they can't sit in the classroom and learn mm-hmm. and a teacher is seeing that, I think I think it can go two ways. I think that sometimes teachers have those overactive children. Well, teachers are underpaid and overworked. Of course, they're ready to slap a label on your baby in some instances. But those are some instances where you have parents who have ADD children who truly, are, need, the who help. truly need, need help, the help and they're you know? not getting it. And exactly. so that's why I say no one should be able to tell me anything about my child that I should know already. When, it, when, they're, when they're small like that, when they're four and five and you're automatically, you're putting a diagnosis on them because you spend eight to nine hours a day with them. I should already know. My, look, well, hey teacher, hey, hey Miss Mel, I 
know I'm dropping my baby off. I'm just want to let you let, know. Let's be for real now. Parent. You tell her to be over here, but she's going to be all the way over there writing on the board. She's going to be all over the place, okay? Be prepared for that. You right. Know? I was about to say, parents you know? can be the worst critics when it comes to children because to them, that their child is the best, but it's your child is just walking on the ceiling. Like Your child, is, your child ain't no <laughs> angel. I just wanted to say, the out. reason why yeah. I'm so just being a devil advocate is because you have those people out there, and I feel like I was that child. Now, when I was in school, they weren't prescribing it heavy, so it was like I just got a lot of spankings. But I was the type I'm chatty, I got a whipping every I'm day, talking all the time. <laughs> I can't sit in my seat, and my mother just I'm gonna put her in dance class. I'm gonna do this. Like I'm just gonna make sure she has things to do. And like you said, okay, you're this active. You need chores. You need this. You need structure. Let me give you structure because I need to do something with. All that energy. I need you to focus on this. But it was something that it took a village. It just wasn't her. And I think that's where we're getting away from too. It wasn't her. She couldn't do it by herself. She was working a thousand jobs. So you had my dad. And you had my grandmother. And you had my uncles. And you had people. It takes a village to raise one. Well, let's be yeah. for real. The family, the family dynamic, and the community of family is is no longer yeah, anymore. Almost non-existent. It's, it's, it's almost so far away from That's it. another podcast, Kat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. But w- since we're talking about children, just know that half of all chronic mental illness begins at the age of fourteen. Three quarters by age twenty-four. Despite effective treatment, there are long delays, sometimes decades, between the first appearance of symptoms. And when people actually get help. Yeah, because when I was 19, I actually was diagnosed with anxiety. And I was on Zoloft. Wow. But. So you was walking around dead? Dead. (laughs) (laughs) I was at work and I just thought I was having a heart attack. Mm. I thought I was dying literally at work. And they called the the doctor. Well, they called an ambulance to come get me. And he was like, you just have anxiety. You have anxiety. And all I thought was, from where? I don't know nobody. What? First of all, what is anxiety? I don't know what that is. And for like a year or two, I was on Zoloft. And I just started making some changes in my life. Like I had to move out of my parents' house. I had to do a, a lot of things. But then by the time I turned 22, they took me off the medication and told me I was fine. So you said that you were 19. Yeah. Okay, so the statistic with that is that approximately one in five youth, 13 to 18, 24.4% experience a severe mental disorder at some point in time in their life. Um, for children, is 8 to, to 15 years old. The estimate is 13%. That is sad. Because you're you're just eight is when you're just starting to really come become into who you are, and now you're dealing with some heavy stuff at eight. And to me, I think some of it is mental chemical stuff, but on top of life, the environment that's going and on I around you. I believe that's why you're having the cases that you're having now. That's why you have the Kate Spades. That's why you have people like that because it's like. Um, does anybody know who Bill Murray is mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. from Ghostbusters? Mm-hmm. He has a, a meme, but it's so perfect. Mm-hmm. He was like, "It's nothing wrong with Sorry. social media, but <laughs> if we didn't have social media, you would have less pres- depression because people wouldn't spend so much time comparing themselves to other people. You didn't have that before. Mm-hmm. Now you can see it all day. It looked like this person's having a fabulous life because you're on their Instagram, you're on their Facebook, and people are posting these pictures, and you don't realize this is one moment in their lives, and now you're feeling bad about yourself. It's like I'm supposed to be further in my life. I'm supposed to be here, and now you're getting depressed, mm-hmm. and you're already you're already not picking up on things that were biochemical. You didn't know. You don't know your history. You don't know that about you. And that's where your triggers are starting to come in. At least that's my perception to it. So that's a good question. Do you think that social media is is aiding mental illness? I believe so. Absolutely. It has aided so much that there is an actual medical term for what Z just mentioned about Facebook and Instagram. They have something in the DSM for that, where people have depression or anxiety triggered by social media. Think about it. One day you came to school, right? Horrible haircut. It's horrible. That's one day. Somebody take... See, when we was in school, you couldn't take no picture like that. So you got the haircut, but a couple of days later, they gonna hike on you for like a week. But you ain't gonna get a new haircut. 
Now you got this eight or nine year old. All these kids got cell phones. They take this picture, this bad haircut. People still talking about that haircut and you're 20. Why do you still care? And now they're bullying you about it. There's memes about you. It's all these things. It's like no one, you can't get over it. I want to get past this. Okay, I had a horrible hair but cut, but it's okay. over now. I'm really like. But let me mention something here. Don't find about that. A lot of times when that happens on social media, there's an issue there already. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're unhappy with mm-hmm. something. Uh-huh. Case in point, I'm going to be very vulnerable here. Yeah. And I'm just going to lay it out. Okay. So my son was diagnosed with autism, right? My life is consumed. I'm working full time. I'm a mom. There's relational issues going on with my extended family. Mm-hmm. Okay. I got stuff going on in my marriage. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid to go back to school as an adult. I want to do it. I'm afraid. My whole life is upside down. So I get on Facebook. My uh, god sister introduced it to me, maybe like 08. So I'm getting on there. I'm connecting with old school friends. I'm seeing cousins. I'm seeing siblings, right? And what I didn't know that I know now, that I wanted to say a word, but I got to beat myself. <laughs> it ain't real. Beep. Right. It's right. not real because right. that picture, like Aziza just said, mm-hmm. that's 10 seconds. That's just a snapshot, 10 seconds right. of it. somebody's 24 hours a week, mm-hmm. 12 months, 365. Exactly. All the other stuff you said, no one knows that's going on with mm-hmm. you. But that picture you took five exactly. minutes ago, that's the life they think you. Girl, she is just fabulous. There's no wrong going on in her life. And you have all these kids on these Facebooks and on these Instagrams and they see their friends and it's like, ooh, they mother buying them a pair of sneakers every two days. No, he has five cousins who wear the same size as him and he been switching up sneakers. So no, he has one pair of sneakers, but it's something that's simple. And you're at school feeling like inadequate. It's the truth. It's inadequate. And then, God forbid, because you know, each... And we do it now. Mm-hmm. When your phone buzz, you're like, yo, ooh, somebody liked my picture. Yes. Somebody liked my picture. <laughs> and it's an, it's, it's an endorphin. It's like, yes, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. Somebody think I'm cute. <laughs> Imagine being 14 and not being able to handle that. And we want them to handle this. And that's why. Imagine being grown and not and being able to handle And we barely oh handle it. You know how so you post adults. something? Yeah. You made it a point in the last podcast mm-hmm. we did mm-hmm. on colorism. Mm-hmm. On how she posted all these things about black love and black people. She gets over 100 likes. She put one thing up about Allison, who is our European friend. Hey, Allison. Hey, Allison. <laughs> hey, but she only got like 25 likes. Yeah, they was like, who's now, that girl? <laughs> she is well-rounded. Mm-hmm. You know, she knows her feelings. She knows how she is. So it's like, she didn't let that get her down because it's one moment. In her feed, but somebody that's fifteen, you know that could crush them. Absolutely, and they're just like, why doesn't anybody like my picture? And you're just like, oh, honey, it's not that deep. But remember high school, remember elementary school, and we're allowing them. And then you're wondering why mental health issues are expanding it's like you said it was always an underlying problem it's not like it wasn't there it's just making it come out faster and social and economical issues are already terrible on their own right but then the the media heightens it it does Mm -hmm. because then you it's one thing to have people that you know that don't like that picture right but people that you don't even know don't like the picture that's the part that gets me it's the comments from the people that you don't even know that actually come out of their body and say i'm gonna type something Terrible. Um, what's her name? Rajanae, uh, Toya's daughter, mm-hmm. Lil Wayne's daughter, mm-hmm. right? She posted this really cute picture. She was fresh faced. She had like this really cute outfit. She just turned around. Somebody snapped a shot of her. Really cute. She's small chested. She's not the biggest mm-hmm. woman or whatever. She's still like growing up. She's an adolescent. Poor she, baby. She's an adolescent. But do you know this this little girl? This little girl, because they had to be like the same age. I think she's only nineteen. She's not even twenty, right? This little girl says to her, you cute or whatever, but you need to get your boobs done and you, and you good. And you know what Regine responded back? She said, honey, this world has really got you. Like this social media, she didn't say anything else, but social media has really got you twisted. 
Like, you really think that I need to go out here and get me a boob job so that I can feel better about myself. I'm good. But what's sad but is it's sad you have somebody true. suffering from depression. You it's have somebody true. suffering from anxiety. These same children or people, because it's not just about adolescents. You mm-hmm. have adults oh who are God. suffering from these mental illnesses. So when someone says, you're ugly, and then you get a bunch of people posting, I agree. I agree. I agree. And then you look up and this person then took their whole life. Yeah. It's, it's because real. they're with their mental illness, they couldn't handle but, it. But right? like you said, it was already an issue there. Um, mm-hmm. This past week, I had the opportunity to go to my niece's graduation. And we are a blended um, multicultural family. Okay. <laughs> All different races. So we show up. We looking like the reading rainbow. Okay. <laughs> and, um, Absolutely. <laughs> We get in the room, and I was just kind of distant. I just kind of, because everybody was kind of bombarding my niece. And so I just fell back in, in, in the, in the um, background, and I was watching her face. I was watching her body language, and she, something was bothering her. So I was like, okay, I'll talk to her about it later. And so one of the little girls, now my niece is biracial, but one of her friends, she's white. So we all hug her because we know her since kindergarten. So I'm like, oh, my God, I haven't seen you. You got so tall. Little did I know. In the back, she's telling my niece, hey, um, your family is weird. Ugh. So we got in the car and, you know, niece to auntie conversation, our conversations have evolved. She's just like, you know what? She said something to me and I just really didn't like it, auntie. And I said, well, what happened? She said, she said my family is weird. Like something about something being ugly. Mm. And I said, well, do you understand why she said that? She said, yeah, it's just different. You know, I told her my dad is black, my mom is white. I told her, and she she's making all these faces <laughs> or whatever, right? She said, I told her, and I said, but you do realize that people pick on things that they don't understand. She said, yes. I said, you know that you're beautiful. You have a beautiful family because guess what? It's it's all these different races that make it up. How cool is that? She said exactly, and I want her to continue to know that because you're absolutely right. She told me that she had an Instagram account, and I told her to close it. She has a Snapchat, but. I don't, that's too much exposure too soon. And that's another thing too. We talk about social media. How, how early on, I mean, that's just such a tough thing. Children are being exposed to so much too soon. She's 10. No, she'll be 10 in a month, you guys. And it leads back to to those things. It does. I'm not the parent, right? But she does, there's no need for her to have Instagram. Why does she need it? It's social pressure because everybody in my class probably has Instagram. They do. That's true. Let me piggyback on what you were saying before in regard, oh God, my my mind just slipped for a second. Yes. When they said that her family was weird, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. A lot of that anxiety and that way of thinking comes from believing a lie that was told to you. Right. 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 Like they told her her family is weird. She could uh, okay allow that to come in her ears. Right. She she processes it. Correct. Mm-hmm. Let it sit there. Let it fester. And then God forbid, ten years down the line, her relationship with her family is jacked up. Why I don't want to be around them because they're weird. Right. Exactly. So when we believe a lie, I believe a lot of fear triggers from there. Absolutely. And it becomes anxiety. It might be a lie you told yourself. It might be a lie. Your parents told you. Mm-hmm. And then if I want to look at it from a spiritual mm-hmm. standpoint, a lie that the dark world whispered to Absolutely. you. Absolutely. So once you start believing in lies, you open up doors for fear. Mm-hmm. And true. then it's going to do what it wants with it you. It festers. Mm-hmm. But your, your, your knees, mm-hmm. y'all had to talk. Mm-hmm. And that was really important because I believe... There's a verse that says there's power of life and death Mm -hmm. in the tongue. Mm -hmm. So if somebody has spoken something to you or you've spoken something to yourself, Mm -hmm. even if it's festered and it's turned into a phobia or whatever that we want to label it, you can change this thing. You can. Because that same mouth that spoke that can speak something different. So if we look at something, it's called NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Mm -hmm. I started looking at that. It kind of helps you figure out what the power of suggestion is, speech, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I'll give you an example. I was terrified of math. Mm -hmm. Couldn't get the grades in eighth grade. Mm -hmm. I was doing fine previously, Mm -hmm. but because there were so many expectations put on me, as an eighth grader, I'm taking honors classes, high school class. Mm -hmm. I was consumed by fear. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, because I couldn't get the math, I wasn't getting the passing grades anymore, 
I am completely afraid of math now. Mm. I struggle in high school. And then I swore on my life I wouldn't go to college. Mm. Because my dream had now become deferred. So, Sound about like me. years <laughs> later, this whole NLP, right? I said, Denise, you're not good at math. Mm-hmm. I had to flip what I was saying. Yep. Yes, Denise, you are good at math. You just met a teacher named Mrs. Zink. Mrs. Zink, oh, I you remember you. Oh, you just gonna put on blast like that? Like, <laughs> like, okay. Who taught in a way that didn't align exactly. with the way that God wired me in processing this mm-hmm. information. Mm-hmm. I'm good at math. Mm-hmm. It's 15 years later. Mm-hmm. I'm at Wake Tech. Mm-hmm. I find a teacher that aligns with the way that I, I learn. Because that's the, that's the privilege of being able to choose your classes in college. Mm-hmm. You kind of hear, what was the website, y'all, where you would go on there, grade my professor? Oh, and yeah. Out what they mm-hmm. were about. Mm-hmm. Got myself into David Cooper's class. Mm-hmm. Going to shout him out, too. Wake shout Tech, he's head of the department. <laughs> yes. And he, too, struggled. He mm-hmm. shared that story. Mm-hmm. And now I'm kicking buck in math. Yeah. So that same mouth that spoke that negative to me, I was able to speak life into myself mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that's good mm-hmm. that's good and that's real and it, it, it is important for me to be that that sounding um voice for her because i want to be louder than her insecurity yeah and that's the thing mm-hmm. and, and you bring that back to mm-hmm. our topic at hand mm-hmm. which is uh mental illness mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. let's say she was a child that was suffering from mm-hmm. that because you're giving her that positive reinforcement that, mm-hmm. and that positive reinforcement mm-hmm. instead of because it could have went two ways honey what she could have not said anything, anything at all and now That's she's it. harboring that That's it. Mm-hmm. or you could have came back because families do this mm-hmm. and they just have a negative energy correct well f that girl she just hateful don't like those people they they hate us as a people there were two different reactions Mom had that reaction. Mm. I didn't say anything. There were a lot of reasons why I didn't say anything, but I was people watching at the time. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm very conscious of how she reacts now, how she mm-hmm. sees people's reactions, because she's paying attention. Right. And I, my rule now is, hey, no matter what's going on, you can always tell me. I have to be more aware of my reaction when I'm with her than with any other person. No doesn't matter if I'm with Charles. I can blow up and act a freaking fool with him. Whatever. Y'all, whatever. But around her, she needs to be able to see, oh, okay, she ain't even moved by that. Like, I'm really focused on that. And so, hey, you can tell me. I'm not even going to be mad. I'm not going to be mad at you. I'm going to get that together on the inside. Not to say that you that, that I won't fuss you out. Okay. I'm going to fuss you out. But you can always tell me. And that's what she has that clear understanding. And that's going to allow her to tell me this little stupid stuff when she nine and the big stuff when she's 16. And I think that another thing with mental illness is that people feel like they don't have people that they can safely have those conversations with. Like, look, I'm feeling low right now. There have been times where I've felt completely low, but I remember it wasn't about the feeling of being low. It was more so about the feeling that I felt alone and that nobody understood what I was going through. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important. Um, if Mel calls me, I don't share her every experience and she doesn't share mine, but it's like, you know what? I don't know what that feels like, but I hear you. I'm mm-hmm. not going to shun you away. Like you can always count on me to listen. And I'll tell you that too. Hey, mm-hmm. I don't know what it feel like to go through that. <laughs> But I love you, and I'm gonna listen. Offline, I just made a point to Denise where I was just at such a low point at one time, and Crystal and Veronica just didn't know what to do with me. Mm -hmm. And she said, "Look, I'm gonna need you to call Miss Denise because I can't, I I can't handle what you're going through. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't even know what to do with that. I love you, Mm -hmm. and I can listen." But I need you to reach out to somebody just a little bit stronger right because now. Because at some point, the the listener, they need to take accountability, too, and say, hey, this is outside of my job description. <laughs> I can't do this. So my responsibility to you is to find somebody who handles this. Boom. There she go. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's her, all about That's it. emotional intelligence. There emotional intelligence asks you to be empathetic. Right. Okay. There's sympathy and there's empathy. In this case, what you just presented, that's sympathy. 
I don't know what you're going through, but I hear you, I feel for you, and let's see if I can find you a resource. Mm -hmm. And then there are those who can be empathetic, because mm -hmm. empathetic, you've gone through it. Mm -hmm. you can, when you say, I know, mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. Okay, so mm -hmm. that's what that is about. Mm -hmm. So there's, there's I, two sides I to it. I think we have a responsibility to that, to say, hey, you know what? It's okay that you're feeling the way that you are feeling. There are plenty of people who are dealing with suicide who have dealt with suicide in this room. You don't have to do that. You don't have to share that story. But there are plenty of people who have thought those thoughts. It's okay to think that way. Let's just talk to somebody about why you're feeling that way and get to the root of how you be, you came to that place. Mm -hmm. You know, let's talk about how you got to that place because it could have been the ice cream shop that you and your child molester went to when you was five. Mm. You know, understand what I'm saying? There are certain triggers that bring those things out of you. Now you 45, you didn't live your best life. Y'all out here on the <laughs> yacht, but you think about that one time that you went to the ice cream parlor with, with, with your predator. And, and those things, you know, you don't they know. They tend to fester they and do. linger. And you thinking you good. You know, accomplished to the world, you have all these accomplishments to talk about these people who, you know, have just um, committed suicide this past week. The world says if you have money, if you have success, if you've accomplished all these things, that you should feel whole, that you should be complete. You should be good. No, not you. Yeah. You have access to, to doctors and medicine. It's just no reason that person should have any illnesses or any mental weaknesses. There's nothing. It can't be anything wrong. With they are millionaires. They have money. Money does not make you healthy. That's not how that works. Right. 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 And everybody has that in their minds. You know, you're in a situation, you're like, man, I hit this lotto right what? now. Get this right. 50 million. Okay. I'd be all right. Yeah. If that you couldn't save $5, really. you're not even going to save okay. 50 million. <laughs> you right. just like you can barely handle $5. Keep bailing her, her boyfriend out of jail. I think they eventually got married. Yeah, but... she done lost all that money. Yeah, she lost all of it. And it, it's sad, but not sad. A lot of times you think certain things will change you, but that was the point I'm making on in another podcast we were on. Mm -hmm. And in some point of you, the core of you doesn't really change. It will either get better or worse. And uh, you, you're, you hope that it gets better. You know, you right. want to get better. Everyone changes. They do. You're going to have changes in your life. But it's some core things about you that are going to stay the same. Mm -hmm. You know, They'll, you'll either improve on them or you'll get worse. Right. Absolutely. I think uh, another important thing that Veronica brought up um, is making sure that as a friend, of someone who may be dealing with mental illness, you take accountability and find those resources. I think a lot of times we've said, well, girl, I don't know what you're going through, but I'm going to pray for you. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of times that's not enough. Right. Sometimes we got to push to that next step. And I think um, we've been taught that religion is going to get you out of everything. Mm -hmm. Um, praying and having faith. And sometimes that works, but sometimes you need a therapist. Sometimes you <laughs> and need And what you medicine. have to remember for all my lovely religious people <laughs> is that God provided okay. this right. therapist so that you can have this conversation. He put this person on earth so that they can take your struggle and help you work through it. Right. Why don't you use the resources he's providing to you you keep praying to him saying hey i need this and he's like hey i don't put this person in front of you for like six <laughs> this months hard that's been laying you on your bed talk to them you wasting the blessing i've sent you so you want the answer to be directly from me mm -hmm. but it he doesn't work somebody. that way right. him, mm -hmm. he will use mm -hmm. a vessel and mm -hmm. this vessel will help you mm-hmm to get what you need. Absolutely. <laughs> because God is yes, practical. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. God is Amen. practical. Amen. But Amen. I want to ask you a question, Z. Mm -hmm. Why do you think people are so afraid to be vulnerable? Oh. I mean, you you know you need the help, right? But you don't reach out. What is it, though? People, and I'm just giving my personal opinion. People don't want to be judged or be seen as weak, mm -hmm. especially the judgmental part. Mm -hmm. You don't want anybody to judge you. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of like what Veronica said. You feel like they're not going to understand. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say this to you and you're going to tell me I'm crazy. Mm -hmm. Or you're going to say, right. especially if you have somebody older, they always tell you, well, in my day, mm -hmm. you just... 
I'm, you know, I'm just going to put it out there, especially <laughs> I've been through so much in my life. And as I tell these stories, it's crazy because you don't realize it because you're going through it. So I was raped. Mm-hmm. Now, my grandmother, I'll never, <laughs> I'll never forget it. She says to me, I need to get over it. Mm-hmm. That was her advice. Not because she wanted to hurt me. Not because she was being mean. Because when it happened to her. No one cared. Not even no one cared. It's what? 1940s? Mm-hmm. That's regular. regular. It's regular. You're not raped. If a man want to do what he want to do, you're going to do what you're going to move on. Mm-hmm. So her thing is, I'm going to need you to deal with that. And I'm going to need you to move on. Mm-hmm. Because we strong. Mm-hmm. And that's how... I know she intended it, mm-hmm. but what came out is get over it. Get over the experience that just happened to you. And it's like, dang, is, mm-hmm. is it that harsh? But at the same time, that's not what I needed. Mm-hmm. My, That's not the era I live in. This right. wasn't right. I right. needed more than what, than just get over it. Correct. You mm-hmm. know, and God forbid, I think this is where my parents where you're scared about. God forbid I was one of those people who truly were bipolar or suffer with manic depression. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, I've had depression in bouts spells. and, and spells, mm-hmm. but I'm not like that. And I, I've always had an A1 team. Mm-hmm. So for all the negative energy, I, I get so much positive. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what saves me. And that's why a lot of times, like, I try not to... I don't particularly like medication. Mm-hmm. And I always hope to find a more spiritual or just a more logical way to fix what's going on with me. Mm-hmm. But you're absolutely right. At one point, I needed Zoloft. Mm-hmm. I needed something to help me because what I was doing wasn't working, mm-hmm. you know. So you definitely need to reach out. You definitely need to make sure you're talking to somebody because sometimes you won't get the response you're looking for. Right. And I'm terrified of those people who you're not getting the response you're looking for. You're scared. You're feeling judged. You're feeling alone. And now you're somewhere trying to take your life. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like I always felt like, Taking my life wasn't my option. Mm-hmm. My life is not mine to take. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. God gave me this life. It's not mine to take. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times that's what saves me. Mm-hmm. It's like, I don't have a choice in doing this. I would be terrible to do that because he gave me such a blessing. Who am I to take it? But a lot of people don't feel like that. They're just in a struggle. Now, so what do you do about that? What got, well, t- pause your question one second. Mel, what got you... Um, what 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 was the what is that question I'm asking here? Um, what did you feel like was your way out um, of that of feeling that way? Um, I think a lot of what she said it, it it's not my life, and especially because I came a, became a mother so young. Mm-hmm. I who was God blessed me with this baby, mm-hmm. and and at the time, who was I to take my life? And leave her here. Mm-hmm. It just, I mean, it, it, and it was a part of the way God's plan, the way He set it up, was that, oh, I'm gonna give you her mm-hmm. so that you will have purpose mm-hmm. and move forward in life. Mm-hmm. And so that's exactly what having her at 17 did. It pushed me right on through. Mm-hmm. So it, it was rough, it was tough, mm-hmm. but. I had this little little girl pulling on my coattail mm-hmm. that I needed to be better for. Mm-hmm. And that's what pushed me towards the goal. I also had a super strong um, community. My family was there for me. I had a support system. And I, I grew up in the church and I had a foundation mm-hmm. that was strong. Mm-hmm. So even though the world hit me and I made some wrong turns... I still had a good foundation. And so my support system and the teachings that I had is what brought me through. Mm-hmm. What about you, Denise? Same exact thing. Mm-hmm. I'm hearing my life story. Crying. You don't even have the yeah. good tissue. Yeah. You know, I need the aloe tissue. Yeah. Yeah, it was the same you thing. You freaking aloe tissue. I just know. I love it. I tell you, puffs is going to call me. <laughs> same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And young mother, I, I can relate. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and then I have a child two years later who's got a diagnosis. And then I'm sitting there, I'm like, what do I do? Mm -hmm. I don't know how to process this. Mm -hmm. And then this is more of a cultural thing Mm -hmm. for me. Right, right. My parents being from Haiti, Mm -hmm. you just mentioned psychiatrists or psychologists and everybody looking at you crazy. Mm -hmm. What? You think it's a stigma here? I mean, on the other side in the Caribbean, it's just nonsense. Mm-hmm. So I have nobody to speak to. And at one point it got so bad. Not only was the biochemical issue there mm-hmm. for me. Now I have external factors mm-hmm. contributing to this thing. And there were several times I wanted to take my life. Right? Mm-hmm. Where I would wake up and it's like I was in a room that somebody let smoke into. You have mm-hmm. all these the things sun, exacerbating. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The sun is shining, but I look through the window and it doesn't exist mm-hmm. for me. Right. And so there were so many times I'm driving my car in Raleigh, and I said, you know, what if I just cut through here, through this bridge, and end up on the 40? It's done with. But my faith was able to drive me through it. Mm -hmm. You know, I had to get into the word. Mm -hmm. Whatever it is that I was dealing with, what the triggers were, I had to run a background check on God, Mm -hmm. if that Mm -hmm. makes any sense. Mm -hmm. So if there were trust issues there. I had to get into the word and see what God says about trust. Mm -hmm. You know, when you run background checks on Mm -hmm. people, you want to Mm -hmm. see, okay, what they about, what they've done, the records. I had to pull the records on God. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing that that keeps me alive. Mm -hmm. And I'm not even going to sit here in front. Mm -hmm. I still deal with it because mine is a biochemical trigger. Right. I told you last week in text. I was like, my eyes are tearing. I'm crying. I don't know why I'm crying. Right. Right. I don't know what's going on. She's telling me the book is coming. I'm boohoo crying. Yes, I'm happy for you too, but my hormones are tore up. And that's just the nature of the game. And I mm-hmm. deal with it. And I might have to deal with it until menopause mm-hmm. kicks in. Because mm-hmm. the culprits here are my ovaries. Mm-hmm. It's always been my ovaries. Mm-hmm. And I know that because mm-hmm. of the endometriosis. Right. So that's just something I can't pray away. Right. I just have to create some sort of, uh, what, what do I want to call it? Self-care mm-hmm. for myself. Mm-hmm. I have to meditate. Mm-hmm. I have to pray. Certain people I can't talk to. You know, when I hear from you, you make me remember things. Not that I'm holding grudge. Mm-hmm. It's just I can't hear everything at every single moment mm-hmm. in time. Mm-hmm. And that's just that's So just you guys um, basically made a, a good point for me when it comes to religion or whatever your faith is, is that... Um, God is the source of all things, right? But he is practical and he gives us the ability to make a decision, to choose, to advocate for ourselves. So sometimes it just takes faith. Sometimes it just takes the action of giving yourself to another person that helps to medicate, right? Sometimes it actually takes the pill to medicate to fix that chemical imbalance. Sometimes it's food. Sometimes it's you actually speaking to the psychiatrist, to to the psychologist, to the counselor. Sometimes it's actually um, you facing whatever it was that brought you to that place. Whatever the case may be, it all is still a form of treatment. 